Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, a podcast for health and wellness practitioners passionately committed to transforming our current broken disease-focused system. Your host, Dr. Rita Marie Los Calzo, is devoted to helping you get results with complex health challenges like autoimmune, hormonal imbalances, and chronic health challenges caused by nutritional and lifestyle-induced imbalances. Here's your host, Dr. Rita Marie. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners who are passionate about making a difference. Today, we're going to be further talking about the thyroid, and we're going to talk about one of the most, if not the most common causes of diagnosed hypothyroidism. And we are going to talk about how the thyroid and thyroid imbalances are connected to adrenal imbalance. And I am so excited today to have here as my guest, Dr. Isabella Wentz. She's a doctor of pharmacy, over 20 years of experience, and she found out the hard way about this commonly undiagnosed condition, the most common cause of hypothyroidism. And she has written books. She's written three books on thyroid. She has done a summit on thyroid, and she's very, very prolific on Facebook, on Instagram. I've even seen her on TikTok talking about this condition and helping millions of people around the world to overcome this problem. Her book, her first book became a New York Times bestseller, and we'll have links to all of her books and all of her resources on the show notes page. So we have Dr. Isabella Wentz, and I just can't wait to dive into this with you, Isabella. Oh, Dr. Rita Marie, it's such an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. You know, thank you for saying that, but I remember back when I met you, what was it like 10 years ago or something like that? And you'd written your book and you were just starting out to get familiar with this online world. And I invited you to speak on my pod. Now, I didn't have a podcast back then. It was a radio show on Block Talk Radio. And you said, oh my goodness, that's the first public interview. So I'm so thrilled to have you back here, you know, 10 years later, massive success. And everybody knows who you are. So thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy schedule with your wonderful husband, Michael, and your son, who's, what is he, about a year and a half, two years old, Dimitri? He's he's almost five. Is what? Three? No. He's going to be five in three months. And that that's why I'm sort of back doing interviews, because I've, I've been in mommy mode the last few years. But, you know, time goes by so fast. Oh, Lord, I had no idea he was that old. Okay. <laughs> Pretty soon he'll be 25 like my kids. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. My youngest is almost 25. So there's a lot there. But let's talk about this condition. So what is it? I know people probably know this already because they're health and wellness practitioners, but what is this most common cause of hypothyroidism? And tell us a little bit about how you became such an expert in it and why you got so passionate about sharing this adventure with the world. So Hashimoto's is an autoimmune condition that impacts the thyroid gland. And I know people always say like, oh, it sounds so rare and exotic, right? But it, but it's not. It's very, very common. I would say, depending on which research study you look at, anywhere from like 90% to 97, maybe even some will say 99% of cases of hypothyroidism in the Western world are going to be due to Hashimoto's. And most people are not aware that they have Hashimoto's. They're told that they have a sluggish thyroid, that they have hypothyroidism or an underactive thyroid, and their thyroid's not lazy. 
it is under attack by the immune system and a lot of times it is damaged so that it cannot produce enough thyroid hormone. And so Hashimoto's is actually the initial stage. You can have Hashimoto's, but non-hypothyroidism for maybe as long as 10 years, but your thyroid gland will be under this immune attack and you're going to have symptoms associated with it. A lot of times anxiety may occur, just general feelings of unwell. But if doctors don't run the right labs, they will say that a person's thyroid function is normal. That's why I'm so passionate about it because for almost a decade, I was like going to the doctor. I was in pharmacy school. I was even a practicing pharmacist when I was like, something's not right with me. I'm in my 20s, but I'm sleeping for 12 hours a night and feeling exhausted. I'm losing my hair. I have carpal tunnel in both arms. I have all these allergies. I had this mystery cough that just started out of nowhere. Um, like just all of these like really annoying symptoms. And it was like, okay, you're not dying, right? But it's really interfering with having any kind of life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. And you know, those are not the typical symptoms that someone approaches a doctor with thinking that they have thyroid issues, right? Typically, you know, somebody goes in and they're, they wear a constipation, depression, they're gaining weight, they're cold, right? But the other symptoms that you described, which are almost like the precursor to the hypothyroid symptoms, and they are overlooked and they're overlooked because conventional medicine is not taught to measure antibodies. And I want to just go back one moment to what you said earlier, and I want everybody to really sit with this, that the the antibodies can be present and attacking the thyroid a good 10 years before the real symptoms start to come. So as practitioners, we need to include thyroid antibodies in everybody's baseline testing. Every single person that comes to see you, they're obviously they've got some sort of issues, right? Or they wouldn't be coming in and seeing you. And we have to include those antibodies for everybody, not just women, not just women of childbearing age, not just, you know, people with the symptoms, but everybody should have those. And I just want to mention the sex variation there. It's more common in women, but I'm sure you've seen lots of men with Hashimoto's. Definitely. It's anywhere out there from three to seven women will get diagnosed for one man with the condition. But let's not forget about men. And what's interesting in men, you know, typically women will complain about gaining weight or they might have fatigue or anxiety. Men will complain about libido, which is interesting. And and it makes sense because when we don't have enough thyroid hormone on board, that can actually cause alterations in testosterone levels for men. And they will complain about their muscles just kind of going away. And they're saying like, okay, I'm still going to the gym, but I'm just not as muscular. And I'm not seeing men typically complain about like gaining weight. They're typically coming with fatigue. They're coming with libido issues. And they're coming with saying like something's up with my muscles, right? And I'm just not as muscular as I used to be. And some men and women will present with mood-related issues. And sometimes the mood-related issues might be the only thing when you're like, I'm so anxious or I feel very moody. I've always been like this very even keeled person and I'm very even keeled now. Most people are like, how are you so calm all the time? I'm like, that's just my personality, right? Like, that's just who I am. Not when I had undiagnosed Hashimoto's. I had panic attacks. I would be like 
my husband would go jogging and I would be like in the bathroom crying, thinking something happened to him because it was 20 minutes that had passed. And I would just be super anxious across the board from social anxiety to just anxiety about everything. And so many people struggle with that and they're told, oh, just get a prescription for an antidepressant or an anxiety medication. And it's like, no, actually, it's your thyroid or women will have multiple miscarriages. And, you know, this is why I'm so passionate about it, because for decades, people are told that it's in their head, that they're crazy, that they need a psychiatric referral. And I'll just, you know, a term that has come to light in these modern days is gaslighting, medical gaslighting. And that's mm-hmm. what happens to a lot of these people. And they're like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're a hypochondriac. And it's like, no, you have an autoimmune attack on your thyroid gland. Most conventional doctors will not test antibodies unless your thyroid TSH marker is out of balance, which is kind of like backwards because the antibodies come before the TSH gets out of balance. And so I, ju- I just think it's it's a little bit nutty. And, you know, how did I become an expert? You know, I, I became an expert by being a human guinea pig because the conventional medical approach to thyroid issues wasn't working for me. Yeah. Yeah. Was, you know, but it doesn't matter for most people, right? So first of all, most doctors, you said they'll test you after there's a TSH high, but most of them don't even do that because the way, the way they're trained in medical school is if the TSH is high, then you test the T4. If the T4 is low, then you give them thyroid medication. You give them T4. Diagnosis ends. Assessment ends. Evaluation ends. And some people get really good results with that. And some people don't because you're missing like conversion issues of receptor issues and autoimmune issues, right? It keeps getting worse because the immune system keeps attacking the thyroid. So what really needs to change is the way that doctors look at people who complain of symptoms of hypothyroidism. But what I really want to get across here, because we've been talking about this on other episodes, we've been talking about the poor people who have all the symptoms, but they have perfect labs, perfect by Western means, and sometimes perfect by our functional levels. And so we've been talking about cellular hypothyroidism and you know the uptake and all that. But this is really important for everybody who's listening to just pay attention to. You may have symptoms that are not conventional hypothyroid symptoms because your thyroid's being attacked and there's some weird stuff going on. And so we have to do this, I believe. It's just like insulin. I'm a big fan of everybody should have insulin tested. Everybody needs to have thyroid antibodies tested because those are the early markers of problems. Insulin elevated or fasting glucose, fasting glucose, which is what's the norm there, that's the late stage indication of insulin resistance and diabetes. The same way that TSH elevation is a late stage manifestation. And we want to be the heroes for people and catch it in the early stages so they don't progress to where Israel was thinking, you know, I'm in my 20s. What the heck is going on here? Right. So I, I just appreciate what you're doing and all the work you've done out there to educate the public. And a lot of doctors now are more and more talking about this. Right. Yeah. I'm so grateful. Just when I was talking about Hashimoto's, I think there was maybe one other. Hashimoto's book on the market and just very few practitioners that were talking about it. And now I see it everywhere. And I'm so grateful for that, that there's just such a big amount of awareness uh, that is out there for Hashimoto's and just makes my heart so happy. The other day I was doing my 
continuing education for pharmacists. And I was, you know, you have to do 30 hours every two years and you get to pick the topics, which is awesome. And so I was going through some of the topics and I found one on Hashimoto's or in hypothyroidism and so and subclinical hypothyroidism. And I started going through it. And it was amazing because the person that was presenting it used my books as a reference to create for pharmacists about thyroid disorders. And I'm just like, this, this is so amazing. I'm so grateful that so much awareness is, is happening. So this is, this is like, you know, everything that I had hoped for and dreamed for when I was so fed up with modern conventional medicine. And I was like, why did nobody tell me this is going on? And then once I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, they were like, well, here's the medication. And I was like, thank goodness, a medication. I'm, I'm a pharmacist. I was like, this is going to solve less of my problems. And then I was like, no, wait a minute. What's going on? Why do I still feel like crap? And then I was like, why didn't I learn about there's different kind of medications in pharmacies? I, did, I only learned about one kind of thyroid medication in pharmacy school. And I learned that the other medications um, didn't work as well and they were old school. You shouldn't use them. I didn't learn anything about root causes. I didn't learn about slowing the progression of Hashimoto's in pharmacy school. And so now I'm excited to get the message out there with you and excited that pharmacists are now learning this and and other kinds of practitioners are learning this across the board. So, so yay, we're getting the message out there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited that you have done that and more and more people are aware of it and they are testing antibodies, which is great. But what is it? So you took the medication. Was it levothyroxine or Synthroid or? I I got various prescriptions and I ended up taking some with thyroid meds and they helped a little bit, but not like, you know, it wasn't like night and day. Like I still, I went from sleeping 12 hours a night to like 11 hours a night. I went from wearing two jackets in Southern California, like, you know, in the summer to like one jacket, right? And then scarf. So it wasn't like I still had carpal tunnel. I still had my anxiety panic attacks. I, my hair was still falling out. I still had like the acid reflux. I still had digestive issues. So definitely medications, part of a treatment plan. They can be helpful, but they like you know, they didn't do everything, right? So there was a lot more work that I had to do to to actually feel like a human again, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what was that work? I mean, tell us more about not only what you did, but what you found in all the years you've been working with other people on this. What does seem to be the most, the, the, like, I like to talk about frameworks, right? I don't like to talk about protocols because everybody's different, but there's a framework for us as practitioners to go through to say, okay, let's look at this, let's look at this, let's look at this. So what are some of those things that are in your let's look at this and that we should make sure that we're, be, we're looking at? So in broad categories, I look at food sensitivities, nutrient depletions, impaired ability to handle stress, impaired ability to handle toxins, chronic infections, and gut health. And we can go into detail in any of these, but those are kind of the buckets or categories of things that I will look at in addition to making sure that thyroid hormones are optimal too. So um, where, you know, conventional medicine just gives people hormones and they don't look at whether the person's on the right balance, if they're converting correctly, if they're, you know, all, all of the wonderful things right. that you teach as well. So yeah. um, of course doing that, but also looking at like the the whole body as a system and the, and the causes and like the, 
what's out of balance? What led this person to have Hashimoto's? Right. And also, when they were hypothyroid for so long, what systems in their bodies needed, are, you know, were broken down and what needs to be corrected now, right? Or what's happening when you add thyroid hormone to the mix? How's that going to impact their physiology, right? So I, I kind of, I look at all of these different things and I, I think it's, it sounds overwhelming, but it, there's actually, you could be very strategic about it and you can help most people feel better. I would say in sometimes in just two weeks, sometimes in four weeks, sometimes even longer, but there are specific things you can do and patterns that I've been able to identify that for majority of people, we can definitely get them to feel better very, very quickly, even when they've been sick and symptomatic for, for decades. Right. And and what you're talking about, though, is is really what is the framework for someone with an autoimmune disease, right? If they have lupus, if they have MS, if they have Hashimoto's, all of the things you mentioned need to be addressed or none of that is going to get better. And what we see, and I think in the statistic I heard was 60, 60 to 70% of people who have one autoimmune disease, like say that Hashimoto's diagnosed, that there's a likelihood of a second or third, you know, really wow. high percentage, 16, 17%. I didn't even know it was that high. You know, we always know that if you have one autoimmune condition, you have a higher risk of getting another one, but that that's huge. And and I just will say for everybody listening, I feel like that's people that don't go the functional medicine route, right? These, these are people that are left to conventional medicine and just giving you a drug for whatever is going on, the immune progression can happen. And part of the work that we do is we're trying to prevent not just not just to get somebody feel good, but also prevent that that autoimmune march, maybe or spiral into, you know, then not being able to get off the couch at all. So yeah, I, I agree with you there because the conventional approach to any autoimmune disease is to give a drug right? Just give a drug, give thyroid hormone, give, you know, some sort of drug to, you know, calm the gut. And it's really not calming the gut. It's really just turning off the symptoms in the gut, I mean, like with Crohn's and things like that. Or, right. What's that? It, it's basically shutting down the chemical messengers, right? That are letting you know something's out of balance. Exactly. Well, drugs too. And I love drugs. I'm a pharmacist, but they have their time and place. But when you've got autoimmune disease, there's all these other things that are going on, right? And we have to address it or we lead to others. And maybe we'll have another session on talking about the autoimmunes. But we've had we've had podcasts, if you go back in the reInvent Healthcare uh, progression, we had a few of them on autoimmune. So you can go back there and, and look. But here's the thing, right? Um, somebody comes in, they're diagnosed with Hashimoto's, but they're just left it at that. So I want to look at some of the other systems that are involved. I've talked a lot about the involvement of the, the blood sugar balancing and how that is so critical to handling the hypothyroid situation. We've talked about in this series already, we talked about it's not just hypothyroid. The thyroid could be perfect, not being attacked, perfectly functioning, but the symptoms of hypothyroid persist. And I believe that's the most under-addressed population because you're like, you're a hypochondriac, or here's your Prozac, or here's your you know laxative because they're going to address the simple, the single symptoms. But in this case, I really want to talk with regard to the thyroid. You told me recently that you're almost finished writing a book on adrenal health. And so, and that's going to be coming out in a couple months. And I'm like, why are you doing that? You're the thyroid expert. So share with us the connection 
and why we need to look at the adrenals in order to heal the thyroid. Sure, of course. I guess in very simple terms, looking through all of the different people that I've worked with, with thyroid issues, testing their adrenals, more than 90% of them had some degree of adrenal dysfunction, right? And so there's so many different ways to categorize adrenal dysfunction. The simplest way I I would say is just the three stages of stage one, when you have too much cortisol, stage two is going to be like the cortisol roller coaster, and stage three is when we have not enough cortisol. So I, I just, you know, for, for patients' purposes, I've just kind of simplified into to yeah. these things, although we know there's there's a whole host of other patterns that right. we present. And so the majority of people that I would see would be most likely to have the flatlined adrenals where they would wake up in the morning barely awake, right? So they'd have to drag themselves out of bed. Then they'd be walking around all day, kind of brain fogged and a spacey kind of fatigue. And maybe they'd get a little bit more energy throughout the day. Like maybe by lunchtime, they'd be able to like, you know, get themselves together and function a little bit. Then they'd get a little bit anxious after lunch and then the day would go on and then they'd just be tired all day and then nighttime would hit and all of a sudden they'd get this burst of energy, kind of like a wired but tired feeling and then wouldn't be able to sleep. And I was like, every single day you're in this pattern and... This is kind of a common pattern that I just saw in a lot of people with Hashimoto's. And it just was like, you're on thyroid medications, but you're still like fatigued. You're still experiencing brain fog. You're still experiencing mood issues. You're kind of depressed. You're kind of anxious. Your libido is not really where it's supposed to be. You're you're struggling with like pain in your body. You can't sleep at night. And, And this was just such a common pattern that I'm like, okay, we need to really address this. For myself, this was a pattern as well. When I first started on my healing journey and I was already on thyroid meds and I was like, yeah, I feel better. And then I was like, wait, why do I feel worse? Like, what is going on? And people were telling me about adrenal fatigue. So I like Googled it and you go to like Mayo Clinic or something and they're like, it's a made up disorder. It doesn't exist. And it's like like quack diagnosis or just something very, um, very much like saying this is fake and it doesn't exist. So I was like, okay. Well, I can't have something that doesn't exist, right? And then finally, somebody that I knew, a pharmacist that I knew was like, oh, have you looked into adrenal fatigue? And I was, for some reason, maybe coming from him, I believed him, where maybe another person I I wouldn't have believed. I don't don't know. Like, maybe you just have to hear it from the right person or enough times get it into your head. But sure enough, the adrenal protocols worked really, really well for me. And I felt so much better. I was like, wow, this like... This like crazy quack medicine voodoo stuff actually works, right? So <laughs> sure enough, most of my clients have have done the same as like you get their adrenals supported and within four weeks, they feel really, really amazing. And I did write about the adrenals in every single one of my book that I've written about Hashimoto's and on my website. The reason why I decided to write a whole book about it, and it's to your point of like the joys of having children and how you realize that life before children is so different than life after children, whether that's running a, a business or taking care of your health. The protocols I used to use for adrenals were very much based on making sure you got lots of sleep, lots of self-care, like sleep 10 to 12 hours a night. Don't drink any caffeine. And, you know, take some of these hormones like pregnenolone and DHEA, which can work really, really well. And so those were my previous protocols. Like, I mean, I couldn't really do any of them with like a 
a baby that I was breastfeeding that was waking me up every two hours, you know, like for for a few years straight. So like I was like, okay, I'm an adrenal. My adrenals are flatlined. I know this is really, really bad for my health. I'm like a health expert and I can't take my own advice. Like, what am I going to do? And so I had to think of just some alternative pathways to really yeah. balance the adrenals that didn't rely on hormones, that didn't rely on, you know, having a perfect lifestyle that none of us have and not having access to, you know, I, I kind of had a pretty decent lifestyle before I had kids. I could say like, I'm going to sleep 12 hours tonight and nobody was going to tell me no, right? And I could quit coffee and all of these things. But, but you know, I wanted to come up with I, I just kind of discovered these protocols and these alternative pathways to to overcome the symptoms of adrenal dysfunction and, and stress symptoms. And that's why I decided to write a whole nother book. And I initially, when I got myself better, I piloted it with over 3000 of my um, of my clients, of, of my readers in, in a program, the adrenal transformation program that took place over the course of two years. So her. I've, I've, I've ran it with seven different groups over two years of about 3,000 people. So we're all geeks on this funk, on this podcast. We all love to dig into the, the mechanisms. So can you talk a little bit about some of the biochemical mechanisms by which adrenal dysfunction impacts thyroid health? So some of the patterns that tend to happen whenever we have adrenal dysfunction is we can essentially have um, higher levels of reverse T3. And reverse T3 will bind our receptors, our thyroid receptors, but instead of activating them, it will actually just like sit there and prevent actual thyroid hormone from stimulating them. And so people with adrenal issues will oftentimes have these thyroid symptoms, right? And it's like, why is like you said this is like a really big cause of of people having quote unquote perfect thyroid function but they still struggle with thyroid symptoms and so when we think about our hormones they're in the beautiful symphony right and so various hormones talk to each other it's not like (laughs) you just have one hormone in the bucket here and a one hormone in the bucket there and they don't mix right right so the other, the other kind of pattern that is really relevant is that that thyroid hormone actually causes us to clear out cortisol. So whenever people start on thyroid hormone, they're gonna their cortisol clearance is gonna go up. So e- maybe their maybe their cortisol levels were were okay before they started on hormones, or the body body basically will compensate when you're hypothyroid will allow you to keep more cortisol on board. But when you start taking the hormones, it'll start clearing that out. And so what was maybe like a healthy-ish cortisol pattern, once you correct the hypothyroidism, is going to show itself up as an unhealthy cortisol pattern, if that if that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. And we're, we do testing. I teach people to test via the Dutch test. I love that because it's not just, you know, all these patterns of four times a day, five times a day, you test the cortisol. It's also testing the metabolite. So you can see the cortisol clearance. And sometimes when we look at the cortisol clearance, the, the metabolites versus the actual active cortisol, the free cortisol, we go, whoa, why is there such a difference? Why is there such a high level of metabolites 
or low level metabolites compared to the active and free and has to do with thyroid. You know, that's one of the things I look at. I mean, liver dysfunction and other things like that. But one of the most common causes is thyroid. And people will say, it looks like from your adrenal test that you're hyperthyroid. Think of too much thyroid hormone. And they go, huh? What do you mean? I have hypothyroidism and I'm, I'm on medication. Ah, you could be over-medicated. And yeah. so we send them back to get that reevaluated. So yeah, they're so connected that way. And what you said about the reverse T3, right? You'll see lower levels of free T3 and higher levels of reverse T3 because we need just the right amount of cortisol for that diiodinase enzyme that converts T4 to T3. And so we see that. And then you said about the receptors, right? Because high levels of, of cortisol and even too low levels of cortisol sometimes affect the uptake of the thyroid into the cell and then the uptake into the nucleus where it's activated. So all of these things make it so important. You can't just like treat one hormone without the rest. And you explain it so well. And I'll see low ferritin levels too. They can kind of impact the whole pathway when you don't have even a thyroid issue or your thyroid is balanced, but your ferritin levels are off. That can impact the clearance, right? And so there's there's just so many things that I that I say it's like, you know, we don't just have hormones individually in a bucket. Like we they're talking to each other and you have to dial put turn all the different dials to be just right to to really get the body feeling well. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this is fascinating. I can't wait for your other book to come out. When your book comes out, let's have you back and we'll talk about all those really cool protocols that you've come up with for the adrenals. And I'm super excited. We've been talking. Any last words to our practitioners as they, you know, handle, you know, the complex cases that are coming in these days. It's not enough to just say, to do what you learned about in pharmacy school, to do what they might have learned about in an allopathic medical school. And here's the drug. Here's the symptoms you have. Here's what the lab test comes out. Here you go. Because it doesn't work that way, right? And we really have to be astute enough to dig in and dig in and understand the biochemistry so that we can tweak using diet, lifestyle, supplementation, all those wonderful things and detox and food elimination and all this that plays in to affecting every system in the body. So last words of wisdom from our dear and wonderful, smart Dr. Isabella Wetz. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I would say I just, one, I'm really grateful for all the practitioners taking the time to learn how to best care for their patients. So I really, really appreciate you and the work that you're doing. And I mean, whenever you have a person that is just struggling coming to see you, just think about, and they haven't had their thyroid antibodies tested, please make sure that you test their thyroid antibodies. If they, if they're having some thyroid symptoms and something seems off, please look at their ferritin levels as well. Sometimes having not enough ferritin on board can actually cause a lot of the symptoms. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. And when you look at the show notes page, you'll see a list of her three books. What are the three books? Remind me the names of the three books you have out there so far. Sure. We have Ashimoto's The Root Cause. This mm -hmm. is my first book. I have Hashimoto's protocol. So this first book is for like science nerds with a lot of mechanisms of action, the pathways and potential root causes. This book focuses on protocols. So it has a 90 day plan to reverse thyroid symptoms. And then of course, I know people always 
love dietary guidance. So this is a recipe guide, nutrition recipe guide. It goes into detail and things about like nutrients and digestive enzymes and has some yummy recipes. Beautiful. Nice three trilogy that you've done yep. so far. So appreciate that. Check out the show notes page and we'll make sure that we can hook you up with Dr. Isabella Wentz. And I just want to reinforce for you guys, you're in the right place if you are looking for functional and root causes of your patients and your clients' illnesses, right? And it doesn't mean that what you learned in pharmacy school or what you learned in medical school gets thrown out the window. There's a time and a place for all of it. But what's missing is this deep dive to help people truly get to the heart of what's going on. So you have the power using nutrition and lifestyle and stress management and supplementation as needed and herbs and things that are, you know, balancing the body. You have that in your power to use that to restore health to people that have been around the block a few times, visited a lot of different doctors and haven't gotten help. So use that power. If you want to go deeper into some of the thyroid stuff, we put together a little book at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash thyroid. You just have some reference materials and medications that get in the way of thyroid function and herbs that help to support. So you can get that. It's a free download. And keep going. Keep your heart up. And until next time, shine up. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.